great to have you here this morning. Glad that you found this uh, venue, and uh, we've been at the convention center for a couple weeks now, and we kind of get moved around, and so thank you that we're at this end that you found us. And once again, my name's Joe Crummy. I'm going to be speaking this morning. I'm one of the elders here of Christ Central, and it's great to welcome you here. We've been looking at the past couple of weeks. Uh, we've been speaking on a series really about our values and vision for our local church, and I want to thank everybody who's taken part in our members' envisioning uh, meetings that we've had, and we've added one more in because some of you couldn't make a weeknight. So coming up, it's in your newsletter on Saturday, June the 14th, 10 a.m. to 12 noon. If you'd like to come and find out more about our church and uh, what we're all about, then you're welcome to come and attend and to participate in that. And we've been speaking here on Sunday mornings about some of our key things. So the last few weeks, we've been talking about uh, being friends together, enjoying God together. That's one of our values that we really uh, want to see happen and be about. We want to be about building churches, empowered by God's Word and Spirit. And that's what we've been trying to build as Jesus builds his church. And Gary did a great job last week all about advancing the kingdom, about transforming the world, and how when we become followers of Jesus, he's our king, and we bring in the kingdom of God everywhere we go with our, the whole of our lives. So every time we speak truth, every time we love people, every time we do all those things that follow up to being a follower of Jesus, that extends the kingdom of God. And that the kingdom of God isn't just about geography or a political or military thing. It's the people of God bringing in the kingdom of God. And Gary talked about how in his workplace, uh, he's away in Quebec this weekend with his school, bringing in the kingdom of God in everyday life. And we're going to continue on that because this is by extension. One of the other things that goes along with the kingdom of God and local church being the vehicle for that is all about reaching nations and making disciples. And if you were here a few weeks ago, I let off the series from Matthew 28, what's known in the Bible as the Great Commission, as Jesus gives his commission to his disciples about what he wants them to do as he goes back to heaven. And we're going to pick up on that again today. And so it's great that our crew is here from Sheffield. It's a real fulfillment of that. And I believe this is a prophetic picture of what's happening, that there is this uh, partnership. And uh, if you can find out where that sign is, then... um, There's lots of biblical numbers in there as well, so I won't go too weird on you, but it's a great picture of this partnership, even amongst the nations, and we believe this partnership with City Church Sheffield and Fredericton and Mark and Debbie being here, Kevin and I being there last year, Gary and Barbara are going to be there this summer, Um, and again, we just want to thank you for coming and serving us so well in Kids Club, and uh, eternal things are happening, and so... To be able to speak on reaching the nations and that, it's very appropriate that we have a partnership already taking place even in these past few days. If you have your Bibles with you, we're going to launch out from the last chapter of the book of Luke right into the first chapter of the book of Acts. Now, for just some history in there, Luke, who was one of Jesus' followers, who the book of Luke is written, he also wrote the book of Acts by the help of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to go from the end of chapter 24, which is the end of the book of Luke, and Jesus returning right into the book of Acts, and Luke continues on. So if you can follow with me, and the words are up here on the screen, you can follow along. So this is the end of Luke 24. Then he, that's Jesus, said to them, to his followers, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. So Jesus saying, he's central, 
the whole Bible, and at that point, what we would say our Old Testament. Then he, Jesus, opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And then we go right into Acts 1, the same author, so it's picking right up again. And Luke says, in the first book, the book of Luke, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He, that's Jesus, presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John, that's John the Baptist, baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the end of the earth. And when he had said this, these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. So this morning, we have lots of uh, biblical launching pads into this whole thing of God's heart for the nations. And right at the beginning, I'm going to use a sort of a different term. I'm going to talk about reaching people groups than just nation. So in the Greek, that whole thing of nation really is talking about people groups, ethnic groups, because we can have a lot of people groups even within one nation, Canada being one example. So sometimes when we talk about reaching the nations, you can kind of say, well, isn't all the nations already reached? And you can kind of think, what's, well, there's tons of people groups that haven't been reached. So that's why we're using the term people groups and reaching people groups. And we need to start off this whole thing of understanding that the message that we go forth is, it's the message of Jesus and Jesus being king. And so there's this whole kingdom message, and Gary spoke into it last week, about Jesus came, and he came to reestablish the kingdom of God, which was lost at the beginning. So if we go all the way back to Genesis, God created Adam and Eve in his image. He said, go forth and multiply, because God wanted the whole earth filled with the glory of God. And what was the glory of God? It was his image bearers. So they were created, Adam and Eve, equal in the, in God's sight and equal in God's image, and they were to go forth and multiply to fill the earth with the image of God, so that the glory of God would fill the earth. And we know the story how sin came and corrupted that, and sin filled the earth instead of the glory of God. And Jesus came as the Son of God to reestablish the kingdom of God. And that's what we sung about here this morning. Jesus is king, he reigns over all, and he's reestablishing the kingdom of God. He's getting back what Satan had stolen that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. And that's not some mystical mist and sunshine that will cover the earth. That's people who are worshiping Jesus. That's what it means to be, there'll be people groups all over planet earth 
Every people group will have worshipers worshiping Jesus. That's the earth being filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. And that's what we're caught up into. And that's the starting point. Jesus came, I've come to establish the kingdom of God, and he brought salvation, healing, deliverance, release, defeating Satan, and ushering in the presence of God and restoration with friendship with God. Hallelujah! Woo! That's the starting point. And Jesus said this to his followers. That's what you're going to be about. As I came, I was sent, kingdom of God, I'm sending you. But he said this, wait before you go. And so there's this whole thing we have to understand right at the beginning that it's not out of duty that we go. It's not out of going through the motions that this is what we're supposed to do. It's not just going knocking on doors two by two because you're told to do that. You need, we need, I need some supernatural power and enablement to be able to do that. And Jesus said this, you wait before you go. So this morning, we're going to swallow the same principles. Before I tell you to go, you got to make sure of this. Have you waited and received first from God before you go? And Jesus said this, you're going to wait for the promise of the Father. And through the whole Old Testament, we see this whole thing of a promise of a day is coming when God said and prophesied, and you can read it in Isaiah and Ezekiel, Jeremiah, that you're going to receive a new heart, God's going to put a new spirit within you, that you're going to be able to obey the rules and laws of God which are there for our good, not out of your own strength, but you're going to have a new desire and a new empowerment for you to fill those things, fulfill those things for the glory of God. But only God can do that, and you're to wait for the promise of the Father. And Joel prophesied in Joel 2 about when the Holy Spirit is poured out, it's going to fall on all flesh, men and women, young and old, rich and poor, and it's going to be available for everybody. And Jesus is saying, before you go, wait for the promise of the Father, which is really exciting because he said this, and we get into all the same things today as Jesus' disciples. They came to Jesus, they're hearing, all, oh Jesus, that's great and all that, but tell us, we want to know dates and times. And our bookstores are filled with everything about dates and times. And Jesus said, don't worry about those. Father has those, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You're going to be filled. And baptism, the word uh, we see in the New Testament for water baptism is you're immersed, you're dipped, you're plunged, you're drenched, you're soaked. The same word for the Holy Spirit. You're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You're going to be dipped, immersed, plunged with the Holy Spirit. It's going to be a supernatural thing. And this is what will take place when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit. You will receive power. And there's all kinds of things that come with that power and that supernatural strength of God. There's power there to break sin. So if you're trying to break habitual sin and you keep going around the mountain over and over again, you have received power, dynamite power for that sin to be broken for you to be able to follow Jesus. You've received power to take authority over demonic things and cast out demons. You've received power to be a witness, to have boldness, to be able to go and share the good news of Jesus Christ. You've received an empowerment and an enablement. So when Tom comes and says, or who was it? Was it Tom? I kind of get all about being maybe disqualified or feeling inadequate or whatever. If you have the Holy Spirit, he qualifies you to be his witness. So then for, we're all, we're all in. So all of our things that we disqualify ourselves, I'm not smart enough, I don't have enough education, I don't have enough money, all the things maybe we take pride in, we need the Holy Spirit. 
He enables us. He equips us. So that's the dynamic change factor. And Jesus said, wait till you have received the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit, who will give you dynamite power to be my witnesses. And it's the same call for us today. Before you can say, it's not, we're not legislating the things we're going to say this morning. You must do. And we put a heavy burden on your back that you've got to go, oh, I guess I've got to go to the nations. That's not what we're talking about. The Holy Spirit empowers and enables and equips you to be able to go and do the things that God has called you to do. Hallelujah. We don't have to do it in our own strength. So even this morning, have you received the Holy Spirit? Before you go, have you received? That's my question to you this morning. And Tom brought that, and we'll give opportunity to be able to pray and to receive that today as a follower of Jesus. All right? Here we go. We're going to keep going. Why are you filled with the Holy Spirit? A couple of reasons. One, you want to have that spirit of sonship adoption that you know that you know that you know that God loves you. And so Joel singing out this morning from Psalm 139, it's that prophetic song of, God, where can I go from your spirit? I know you know me, you know me intimately, you're with me. And the Holy Spirit has come. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to come to you. I'm going to put my spirit within you. So you can have assurance that God is real, that God is with you. That's one thing. Fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We need all those things. Holy Spirit, we need you to help us with the fruit of the Spirit. Those are all legitimate things. He gives spiritual gifts, but the main thing is to propel us in being a witness that Jesus is alive today. And being a witness is this. What do witnesses see? If you've been to a court of law and they bring in an eyewitness, it's somebody who has observed, experienced something that then they share and tell that they can testify to. That means it involves everything. It involves our mind. It involves our emotions. It involves our heart. Everything is included in being a witness for Jesus Christ. And we're going to see in a minute an example from Acts 2 of how that happened. But let me just explain what we mean by witnesses, if you can hopefully see that. Being a witness is a couple of things. First of all, is being a witness to the grand, big God story that's in the Bible. So sometimes we can be a witness. We can err on two things. We can talk all about God, and we never get to how it personally affected me. The other thing we can do is sometimes we can talk all about me, and we never talk about God. <laughs> and we need both. We've got to start out that we're involved in the big story of God, which I've just started, that God created Adam and Eve in his image to walk and have fellowship with God, to be God's image bearers, how Satan came, and Satan had been jealous of God, and he was cast out of heaven, and he came and he tempted, and he said, you could be like God when they were already like God, and how they believed that lie, and that brought in sin, and that brought in separation from God, and that brought in spiritual death, and it brought in physical death, and it brought in consequences, and how God established right in Genesis 3 onward about that one day there's going to be a redeemer coming, he's going to crush Satan's head, and all how he picked Abram, and he gave Abram promises, and he says, out of you, I'm going to bless the whole earth. So there's God's heart for the nations. We had in there the tab- Tower of Babel, and how they tried to build this thing to God, to be like God in the heavens, and he gave them all different languages, and we're going to see how that gets redeemed. And you get caught up into this God story of the Old Testament, that you see God intervening, and he, through Moses, establishing covenant after covenant and promises with his people and God wants to presence himself with his people and God wants to be with his people and God wants to have relationship with his people and that is the big story that we get caught up into and we can go on because the whole Old Testament's really exciting I mean it's a bit dangerous 
So if you have kids, you don't realize how dangerous the Old Testament is until you have kids, and then say, Micah, hey, come, let's read the Old Testament together. Yikes. <laughs> you got a lot of explaining to do. Okay, Where does circumcision fit into this whole thing? Okay, so that's an awkward one. There's a lot of wars, a lot of fighting, a lot of killing. And you're like, what in the world is going on? And you see this whole spiritual thing being played out in a physical world among people. And through all the ups and downs, you see God's faithfulness. God is determined. I'm going to have a people for myself, and God's got a plan. And we see that plan unfold through the prophets all the way through. And so Jesus, when he's referencing, he's saying, everything in the Old Testament, the prophets, the law of Moses, the Psalms, they're all pointing to a hero is coming. A hero is coming that's going to change everything. And with Jesus coming, God became human. Emmanuel, God with us. And we can lose it, and it's good to talk about it on June 1st, not just December 25th, because we can hear the Christmas story so much. We lose the power of Jesus coming to planet Earth, born of God, inspired by the Holy, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of a woman, God, fully man, fully God, coming and living a perfect life and bringing about the kingdom of God. And he received the Holy Spirit at his baptism. And he went forth into ministry and saying, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good news and bind up the broken, release freedom for the captives, all these incredible things. And he taught with authority and he cast out demons and he healed people and he brought in the kingdom of God. And it was a wonderful thing because it reached the poor. It brought justice where there was injustice. It affected all of community. He fed people incredible things. That is not a boring life. That is full of real life. That's the kingdom of God being established through our hero, Jesus Christ. And our hero laid down his life, even though he was innocent, for guilty you and I, to pay the penalty for our sin. And on the cross... He paid the ultimate price. He was our perfect substitute. He who knew no sin became sin for us. And the wrath of God was satisfied. There was judgment and there was mercy. It's the greatest love story ever told. And Jesus, by the power of God, was raised from the dead. He's alive. He's conquered sin and death and Satan. And he gives us Holy Spirit for us to tell that God story from 2,000 years ago right to today. And we're here today because somebody told it to our ancestors who kept telling that great story. Folks, that's the God story we're caught up in. And we're a witness to that. Now here's the thing. You work your story into that greater God story. So it's God's story. And then personally, you can say, out of this great story, God got a hold of my life. So this little crummy guy from Pugwash, Nova Scotia, who came to UMB in 91, not having a clue what he wanted to do, third year university, God got a hold of my life. And he changed it forever. And he spoke things prophetically into my life that I had no idea what it meant at the time, but something changed inside. And my life that was going this way for all these things was radically changed because God got a hold of my life. And that changed me personally but it fits into the bigger God 
story, because now he's caught me up into his story. And very quickly, my story becomes, as you see, our story. Because he places us into a family, and now it's our story going. So as this local church, it's not just my story. My story gets woven into your stories, and it becomes our story. Because he works through his church. And so I'm a witness, but guess what? This morning, we're here today. This is being a witness that Jesus is alive, that Jesus connects people from all around the world by his same spirit. We gather to Jesus. We lift him up. Our heart's desire is his presence with us. It's our story. And this is what we're going to get to. We invite people to become part of the story. So people who don't know Jesus, who don't know the grand story of God, who don't know this good news of Jesus coming, who don't understand their spiritual things, who might have different ways of explaining it and say, you know what, we've had people come in here and say, you know what, there's good karma in this room. That's not karma. That's the spirit. That's the presence of the living God. You guys really, you guys have great friends. It's the love of God. It's unity because we're united to Jesus. Supernatural things happen when we're together and you're invited into that story. That's being a witness. Those are the foundational things of being a witness. It's not just all about me. It's not just for some foreign thing that we're reciting out of memory. It's a living breathing because the spirit of the living God is in us to empower us to be a witness together. So those are the elements of being a witness. So the question is, before you go to people groups, have you received those things first? Have you received the understanding and that you received this whole thing of salvation and repentance, that I turn from my own way, I follow Jesus, he provides forgiveness of sins, I receive the Holy Spirit, and I receive to follow Jesus, and that changes everything. So before you go, receive. Receive this good news from Jesus. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Receive this enablement to do the things that Jesus wants us to do. Now, as you do that, we see this whole, again, principle of how it worked out in the New Testament. Jesus said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So let's just take a look at that pattern here first, because that's what we see happen in the New Testament. So they started out in Jerusalem. That was their local setting. So that was the whole thing of them being in the same country, same sort of people group. And if we turn to Acts 2, so Jesus said this in Acts chapter 1, if you follow the story, what Jesus said would happen, happened. So what do we see happen? Peter and 120 were waiting. They didn't leave Jerusalem. They obeyed Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes in power. There's tongues of fire. It's like a mighty wind. It changes them. They speak in different languages. That spills out into the streets. Something supernatural happened. And people said, what in the world is going on? And it's amazing because even in Acts chapter 2, verse 5, even in the local, you can't get away from the global. So even though I'm talking local, because this is what it says in verse 5 of Acts chapter 2. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. So even though I'm going to try to just talk about local, you can't get away from the local means global. It's right there, right from the very first time the Spirit was poured out. And Peter, who had denied Jesus who, if everyone, anyone was ever disqualified, it was Peter. 
He denied Jesus three times. He bitterly wept. He let Jesus down. They all fled. And just a few weeks later, the same Peter who was fearful and ran for his life, filled with the Holy Spirit and equipped and qualified and enabled by the Holy Spirit, was able then to talk about this God story. And that's what Peter did, didn't he? If you read it, he talked about the God story. He referred back to Joel's prophecy. He referred back to our ancestor, David. He told the big story, but then he made it personal. He, figured, he said, this is what's happened to me. I'm a witness of these things. And then he says, it's our story. So the other 119 who were here, that's our story. What you hear is, that's God giving different languages and God different languages, praising God and all these different languages. What does that remind you of? That redeems the whole Tower of Babel. Do you follow? Old Testament, Tower of Babel, they want it to be God. They want it to be better than God. And God gave them all different languages that separated them. Now, the Holy Spirit's poured out and all these different languages are given to praise God. God, that people can understand. I hear people praising God in my language. Are they drunk? And Peter says this, no, they're not drunk. The Spirit's been poured out, the promise, and he points to Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I'm a witness of that. We're a witness of that. And they say, what do we need to do? And Peter invites them into the story of God. So there we have modeled, one chapter later, what Jesus said and promised. That's great. Peter, it's the God story, my story, our story. You're invited into the story. And this is the key thing. The end of Acts chapter 2. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They were added to a local community of believers. And that's where the local church comes in. Because it's great to be born, but it's even greater if you're born into a family. And that's what we've been born into. Now, how does that apply in our day and in our time? And so if you're not from Fredericton, I apologize. You take this Sheffield, Manchester, whoever, wherever you're from, if you're a guest here, you take it to your locality. The principles are the same. Jerusalem is our Fredericton. It's our local area. And we see that what Peter did, he preached about Jesus they were baptized in water. They got discipled in that community of believers. They were at it, and then they were sent out. And in Fredericton, we're trying to do the same thing. We're trying to take those principles in the Fredericton area and saying to Fredericton, here's the story of God. Here's my story. Here's our story. And we want to invite you into this ongoing story with God as the author. And it all starts in your neighborhood. So for Angeline, Going to the nations starts on Sewell Street. So this is what we've purposely tried to do. We've tried to get to know all our neighbors on our street. And from one end of Sewell to the other is about 70 houses, which is hard to believe. And so we've gathered with Hugh and Krista on our street when Daryl and Sarah were here. We have Sewell Street Christmas parties. Our main thing is to get to know people because then we pray for them by name for our neighborhood. The number one reason, this is controversial, we go out on Halloween to redeem it is this. It's the one day a year we get to go into our neighbor's houses all up and down our street, and we redeem it, not for all the junk that goes with Halloween. We redeem it. Because Robin and Andy, you guys came with us once, didn't you? And you guys were like, how do you know all your neighbors? This is the one time a year we get to see all our neighbors. So we're going to redeem it. 
So whatever you've used on Halloween, I'm not going to say you need to do that. I respect if you don't. I'm just saying that's how we try to redeem something. The purpose being to get to know our neighborhood. So that we can say, meet our neighbors by name and try to build a relationship. And then we pray for names saying, God, use us in this neighborhood. Because we believe you've put us here. Because God's sovereign. He places you in your neighborhoods. Rural or city. That's what it starts. So if we're ever to go anywhere else, we just can't think, if we go to a different nation or country or people group, we're just going to automatically start if we're not doing and reaching out and loving our neighborhood right here. So it starts local. So for us, it starts on Sewell Street. It starts in our school. So Angela's on home and school. I'm on the PSSC for the Parent Support Committee. Why? Because we're going to reach. I'm volunteering at the Y to coach Micah's basketball team. Why? Spend time with my son, yes, but also to meet other people. Because I'm full-time with the church, so if I don't do those things, I don't meet anyone else. So you guys, it's, all, it's great because you already have neighborhoods and workplaces and everything. You're rubbing shoulders. I have to purposely find ways to rub shoulders with our community. And those are the things, I'm just saying, those are the things I'm trying to do to be purposeful in our locality. Gary talked about last week about his workplace. Folks, our schools, Leo Hayes, FHS, Ecole St. Anne, out in Harvey, our university, Stu, UMB, our colleges, the flight school, the nations of heaven are here. So even when I'm talking local, it is global. And we have the privilege here in Fredericton, as we've said many times before, of being able to walk across the room and our neighbors in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our workplaces, everywhere we go, to be able to reach out, to tell this God story, my story, our story, to provide an invitation to join the story. And it starts local. It starts in our Jerusalem. And I'm going to show you in a couple minutes some of the baptism photos just to remind us of people who have been baptized throughout the years from all different nations right here in Fredericton. So we'll get to that in a minute. The other thing is, the other principle is this, Judea, which I believe I'm going to say is our Atlantic Canada. Same nation, really the same people group. In Acts 8, 4, it says, those who have been scattered preach the word wherever they went. And our scattering today, not so much as at a persecution, but it's out of this. It's usually jobs, money, school. That's our, that's our scattering. So I can't get a job here. I need to go somewhere else. Well, wherever you go, this applies to you. I'm going to go to university, college, somewhere else. This applies to you. And if you come to our vision even, or meeting, we'll explain more how we believe in prayer and prophecy. God's given us this whole vision of reaching the 12 towns and cities with university and colleges here in Atlantic Canada, where people are being educated, that influence culture, where the nations are coming to, to be a starting point. So hear me on this. This is not the end point. This is just the launch pad, the starting point to reach rural parts of Atlantic Canada. I'm from a small little village. We need to reach our small villages by all means. But that's going to be, we believe, the vehicle that God's going to permeate society, other parts of Canada. And it's too small a thing just to stay in Atlantic Canada. So it's a launching pad. And one example is Charlottetown, where we have Andrew and Janet Dreiser. And they came to Fredericton to be equipped and sent out. We had Adam and Kim both come here Kim from Nova Scotia, Adam from Prince Rhode Island, to what? For university, met, married in our church, discipled, sent back to Charlottetown. We had Bart and Michelle move 
from Vancouver to Fredericton. Why? Because of jobs and family. With us, felt a call to Charlottetown. They moved. We had Jeff and Allison Gibson move. Why did they come? Because Jeff went to law school at university, get established with us, a job in Charlottetown. They're part of the church. Josh and Caitlin Ritchie, Josh graduating. Where does he get a job? Charlottetown going to be part of church. Do you understand how quickly that concept of reaching 12 towns and cities is such an important thing to establish local churches for us to continue to do the things that we're called to do? And so Angela and I and our family are going to Charlottetown for seven weeks this summer for July most of August to help lay foundations and to help that Charlottetown church continue to grow on a healthy foundation in order to continue to do the things that we're talking about today. And if you were with us last Sunday, we prayed just for some of our graduates. So out of one snapshot last Sunday, we had this. We had Jude with us, university, finished his university degree, and last Sunday with his last Sunday with us, job in Calgary. So we need more churches in Calgary. I already mentioned Josh coming off to Charlottetown in a couple weeks, and I think one of their first Sundays there, they get stuck listening to me preach again because they can't escape uh, that. We got Laura Kerr here this morning. Laura, med school. She's going to St. John. That's one of our 12 towns and city. And we've got Julia can going to Halifax, which is one of our 12 towns and cities as well. So even out of just last week praying for some of our graduates from university, you can see how that's being fulfilled already in our day and in our time. And now, and I keep track because we keep praying, even in the last two and a half years, we've had over 60 people from our church sent out, either through jobs or university, college, into different parts of the world. So you might think, we're not really doing too much sometimes on that. Over 60 sent out in the last two and a half years into different parts of the world. And the principle then goes to Samaria, which is same nation, different culture, different language in local area that sometimes don't connect. And here, now you've got to hear me on this, okay, I'm saying, I believe for us, French-speaking First Nation immigrants here for Fredericton and Atlantic Canada, I guess you could say for all of Canada, because definitely, even though we're a bilingual nation, larger percentage of people speak English in Canada, and New Brunswick, as the only official bilingual province in Canada, and the sovereignty of God, has a great opportunity to make an impact into French-speaking Canada, and I believe France and other parts of the world. So I believe in the sovereignty of God enough to say, my kids who are in French immersion, that's a sovereign thing, I believe, that God's preparing them to use them to reach French-speaking in the future. I believe that with all my heart. Because in North America, our province of Quebec is the least reached people group in North America. Our neighbors, our friends, our brothers and sisters. Now let me just read an article to you, just some, a few things out of this. This is from... Um, part of the Resurgent website, which is a whole group in the States who share different things. And this was uh, one from Marc uh, Pilon, who is a church planner. Uh, so I'm just going to read it out, his, his story, okay? It says, Marc is a church planner serving in the very difficult context of Quebec, 
God is doing some amazing work there, and we think you'll appreciate Mark's story of how God has worked through a multi-generational heritage of sacrifice and persecution to advance the gospel in Quebec. In January of 2011, Mark says, I had the joy of planting a church in Sherbrooke, Quebec. Our church was born out of a heritage of men and women willing to pay the price to reach the lost. Our sending church paid a heavy price when they sent out 100 people. So they sent out almost half their congregation with Mark and his wife to start this new church plant, and they're continuing to pay the price even three years later, but they do not regret it. They're seeing the lost being reached, and they themselves received a heritage of willingness to sacrifice whatever is needed to advance the gospel. The senior pastor at our sending church was in turn pastored by Lauren Heron, a missionary from English Canada who came to Quebec in the early 1950s to reach the French-speaking people of Quebec with the gospel. One of the first things he did was to hand a copy of the New Testament to my grandmother. He and other missionaries at that time were persecuted and jailed. This is the 50s for distributing New Testaments and preaching the gospel in the streets of northern Quebec. Our church was born out of a heritage of men and women willing to pay the price to reach the lost. In his autobiography, Lorne recounts the persecution faced by those early pioneers. Quote, In those years, a total of 44 arrests were made, with a total of more than eight years of prison time handed down. Christians were beaten up, dragged down the street, and punched. The town fire truck was brought out, and fire hoses were used to spray them with sewer water. All this persecution generated publicity across Canada and the United States. So every week there were reports in most Canadian newspapers, end quote. In hindsight, it is clear that more was accomplished by those missionaries sitting in jail than if they had been out visiting door to door. By God's grace, the gospel kept moving forward. When my grandfather, Remy Pilon, received a copy of the New Testament, it changed his life. He was the only attendee of Lauren's first church meeting, and he ended up being that missionary's first French-speaking convert in the province of Quebec. In turn, my dad, Gaetan Pilon, became a Christian and pastor in Quebec, and now I'm one of the rare third-generation French-speaking Christians in the province. Lauren Huron and many other pioneer missionaries in Quebec were ready to be persecuted and thrown in jail because that is the heritage they had also received. The Christian heritage, one of being willing to risk and sacrifice everything for the sake of the gospel. The apostles were ready to pay the price. Every one of them was put to death or in prison for preaching the gospel. The apostle Paul wrote, We endure anything rather than put an obstacle in the way of the gospel of Christ. 1 Corinthians 9.12 Preaching the gospel in the streets of Quebec, the apostles received that heritage from none other than our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself up to save the lost. And Jesus received it from God the Father, who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, Romans 8.32. Our salvation rests on this heritage, one that is willing to pay the price to save the lost. Maintenant, j'apprends à parler français afin d'essayer de mettre mes frères et sœurs francophones au Nouveau-Brunswick et au Québec. Je veux me préparer à faire ma part pour apporter la bonne nouvelle de Jésus-Christ toute personne par français. So I feel called. to over time learn French because I believe I need to do that in order for what God has in the future. It's a humbling 
thing, and it gives me great compassion for all our dear friends who are learning English, coming from different countries and nations. But that's one just small thing that God's placed on my heart, and bit by bit, because I believe God's preparing something for the future. And that goes for First Nations, that goes from immigrants, everything else. That's our Samaria in our day and in our time. So let me just put up a few photos just to remind people, even in Fredericton, even in our area, what God's doing. So if you can see there, there's Vero, Congolese, Roger's there from China, Lillian, who's here this morning, from Malaysia, Howie, from Germany, all nations represented here in Fredericton. And then we've got some local as well. So Phil, who's here this morning from Fredericton, that's a young Joel Gallant who led worship this morning, uh, being baptized many years ago. And there's Sarah Troutrim, who we baptized last year from Ontario University. So there's just a snapshot of what's happening and what we're talking about is actually happening in our day and in our time. And the next one, so guys, you can get ready. Uh, We had Martin and Anne and Laurent Tubasing with us for many years from Germany to Fredericton, part of our local church. And we sent them out last year. They're in Southeast Asia, and they're serving with Mission Aviation Fellowship to uh, get a flight school started in the country that we're in, that for their protection, we have to just not mention by name. And they're there to help establish a flight school to help bless that uh, country, which has many great needs, and Anne's an occupational therapist. So Martin's a flight instructor, Anne's an occupational therapist, and she's there as well. Um, And they've moved there believing that God's going to use them as a tool and people to help there. And MAF, Mission Aviation Fellowship, is a great resource to help local churches and to serve many not-for-profits in different parts around the world. So I Skyped with Martin and Anne this week, and we as a church, we're supporting them, so we're giving to them financially. We're going to be praying for them tonight as well at our prayer meeting, and I was, had a great Skype with them, and if hopefully if you can see, or at least hear, um, we just got a little video clip for them to say hello. All right, so there again, there's just a little snapshot of uh, what we're going to move into in our last thing that we just want to share about reaching people groups and going uh, global, and we can see from end of Luke chapter 24, the end of Matthew 28, Acts chapter 1, that it is local, and it's Samaria, it's Judea, but then it's also to all the nations. And as I said at the very beginning, we're using the term unreached people groups because I think that better sort of adequately describes what we're trying to do as followers of Jesus, of being obedient to Jesus, of bringing this good news to everyone, that we can sometimes get into that the nations have all been reached, but not all people groups have been reached. And I'll give you just a couple of um, quotes. This one's from the Joshua Project. In India, so we could say, well, India, there's Christians in India, so that nation has Christians in it. However, there are some 458,000 villages in India with no known Christian presence. Here's another one from Wycliffe, the Bible translators. Quote, of the over 6,900 languages spoken in the world today, there are over 1,900 languages spoken by over 180 million people that do not have the Bible nor has any translation project even begun. This one's from um, Turkey, which I was just at uh, last month, and we have friends there, and it says, quote, from their 
research, within a population of nearly 75 million, Turkey's evangelical believing population is estimated to be around 4,000, making Turkey, percentage-wise, at 0.01%, the most unreached country in the world. So those are just some sort of stats just to kind of understand where things are at, just a little snippet of things in the world. And if you go throughout the Bible, which I'm just trying to, I'm just scratching the surface here, folks, of God's heart for all the languages, tribes, tongues, nations, to have a people for himself, then there is great opportunity and great urgency for us to keep going. And we read this in the book of Revelation. So we start with Genesis, all the book of Revelation. We read this in chapter 5, and it says, in heaven, they sang a new song to Jesus. You are worthy to take the scroll to open its seals because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased men, men and women for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God. So can I recommend a book to you if you want to understand more about this? And I personally think it's the best book written on local church and mission and helping the poor by Dave Devinish. What on earth is the church for? He does an excellent job of going through biblically what's the church for, the nature of the church, the people of God, the presence of God, but the purpose of the church, mission, and going, and all the things that we're talking about. And let me just read one quote from him. He says, This then is why the church is in the world. It is here for mission, a mission to bring about the rule of God in the world, to start communities of God's people from all backgrounds and every people group, to serve the world through social action and in their everyday employment, and to extend this to every people group on earth. Evangelism and mission are not additional functions of the church in which only the most keen and enthusiastic members become involved. They are the whole reason for the church's existence. So we're all included in this. We're all called to be witnesses And for us as a local church, how does that get worked out? And we're trying to say it gets worked out that we are part and responsible and have this opportunity. And we can think small of ourselves. Nothing ever happens in the Maritimes. Nothing ever happens in Atlantic Canada. We're little old Fredericton. No one's ever heard of us. You can have that mentality. Or you can say God's called us to receive power from him to be witnesses in the whole world, starting here in Fredericton. And so if we can help Martin and Anne in every way possible where they are in Southeast Asia, that's us as a local church. That's us doing that together. If we can help our Gary and Barb go this summer to help our local churches in Zambia, and we can get behind them in our gift day, which you've done fabulously, thank you, and in prayer, and knowing that they represent our story, then we're going to the nations. We have students going all the time in different things. So Laura Kerr was at Honduras. Laura just came back from Chelsea Burks going to the Dominican Republic to serve this summer. That's all us going to the people groups, going to the nations. Those of you going to Green Hill Lake Camp this summer, guess what? You're going and being sent from our church to go into that people group of kids and youth. That's us going to the nations. So you're not just working at your local camp. You are, but you're part of God's story and God's purposes on planet Earth, and you play a very important part. We're all included 
And we're just getting started. There's more to come as we plant churches, as God opens up doors and opportunity. Okay, last thing, and then we're going to end. These are the questions we have to keep wrestling with because I don't have all the answers, okay? I don't, it's a big task. I don't know all the things we as elders don't know. These are the things that God's shown us so far. But here's the questions. I'm just going to say, I'm going to recommend another book to you. Okay, there's two that are going to really challenge you. Another one by American David Platt called Follow Me. And in it, I think he does a helpful job um, really helping to put application to the yes. Where you're saying yes, but how do we do this? He gives some great questions to ask and sort of a guide to work through both personally and for a local church how to do this. And let me just read a quote from him and how to do this. And these are some of the things we're going to continue to wrestle upon. He says, the eternal purpose of God is to save people through Christ. The clear commission of Christ for every single disciple, that, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're counted in. The clear commission of Christ for every single disciple is to make disciples, not just generally, but from all nations, from every ethnic group in the world. So regardless of where you live, how is your life going to impact every nation, tribe, tongue, and people in the world? This is not a question for extraordinary missionaries. That is a question for ordinary disciples. So we're counted in this. And he then says, consider the following ways you can play a part in the spread of God's glory to the ends of the earth. And I've just put them down in word form. He has paragraphs for each one of them. One is, how are we going to pray for the nations? And so we're, as a church, we're trying to do that in our prayer meetings, in your life groups. But you personally, how are you praying for the nations? How are you giving to the nations? How are we as a local church giving to the nations? How will you and I go? How will our families go? How will we go to the nations? He says, have you laid everything on the table and asked God, how do you want me or my family to give to the nations? Have you asked him, how do you want me or my family to go to the nations? Do you want us to move somewhere for the spread of your fame? In prayer, as you put these questions before God, I am confident that he will answer clearly. So those are dangerous things. But it's the great adventure that God has called us upon to be a follower of Jesus. And those are things we're going to have to continue to wrestle through. And this morning, Joel and the team are going to come in a minute, and we're going to worship, and we're going to see how we can respond to this. But I've asked people from our church, and I'm not going to get everyone, but I've just asked certain people. So if you are here, I've asked people to come from who maybe were born in a different people group, a different nation, who maybe your first language is different from English. I've asked many to come forward. Why don't you come now? And I just want to kind of get a picture for you to be able to see, even in our local church, how the nations are represented. Come right up, Robin. And Brent, if we can get the mic. That's it, Seb. Come right up. Vinang, come up. I know there's more. Who else? Bahadi, you're coming. Josie. Valerie, come right up. If you're able, why don't you stand? Okay. And I know, like, Lillian's here from Malaysia. I know Shirley, India. So if you feel stirred, I haven't asked you, and you want to come forward, you can come and pray as well. No obligation. I've just asked as sort of a sampling representative. Okay, come right up, Lillian. And to kind of try to capture and express God's heart, I've asked them 
to just pray briefly for the country or people group they're from and for Canada and for God's kingdom to come, for his will to be done, okay? So they're just going to briefly, why don't you just say who you are and what language you're going to pray in, okay? And then we're going to trust that we can say yes and amen, (laughs) or we at least, uh, to your prayers, okay? So we got everyone, come on up. All right. Valerie, you can start us off easy, okay? I speak English. (laughs) I'm from the U.S. All right. Let's pray together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jesus, your name is above all names. I pray for the United States with thankfulness for its fierce beauties Mm -hmm. and mourning over its brokenness. Lord, I ask that your kingdom would come in the U.S., that the inadequate would find your strength, that the overconfident would be humbled in your presence, that the consumer would know contentment in you, that the distracted would see your glory Mm -hmm. that focuses all things, and that we would hope in the only true hope, abandoning our pride in making the world a better place without your blessing. Mm -hmm. Rouse us into a wakefulness that no longer denies your supremacy and our mortality. Let your justice roll over the land and let earthly power be used for heavenly purposes. Yes, Lord. Lord, I pray for the American church, for wisdom, humility, courage, wholeheartedness, and love above all in mission. Show us how to be part of what you are doing in ways that go beyond the superficial to the deeply transforming. And please open the hearts of your people to give their wealth sacrificially remembering who we serve. Yes. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for yes. you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Yes. Let all the peoples praise, praise you. you. Amen. So just say who you are, your country, and your language, okay? My name is Jan, and I'm from Moldova, and I'm going to pray in Romanian. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you presence in your Sunt copil al Tău și te rog ca să-ți răvești Duhul Sfânt în bisericile din Moldova. Te rog ca yes. Duhul, Duhul Tău să reînvie și să întărească bisericile din Moldova ca să poată ajunge și să poată să atingă, yes. să atingă fiecare persoană, să atingă fiecare nățiune pentru ca toți să te cunoască, pentru că Tu ești Dumnezeu, Tu ești Tată și Tu ne-ai făcut pe noi copiii Tăi. Tu ne-ai oferit această oportunitate de a ne numi copiii Tăi și Tu ne-ai oferit oportunitatea vieții veșnice. Te rog, revarsă-ți Duhul Sfânt și fie alături de noi. Amin. Amen. Thank you. Lillian, okay. go ahead. So say yeah. who you are, where you're from, and okay. your language, okay? Um, hi, I'm Lillian. I'm from Malaysia. And uh, my first language is Malay. And um, I'm a Chinese from Malaysia, so I can speak Chinese too. Mm-hmm. But, but I'm feel comfor- comfortable to pray in English. Okay, yeah. go for it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, as you guys know that I'm non-believers be- before that, and mm. I believe that it's true Christ mm. that I got baptized yes. beginning of this year. Yes. And I want to pray for my family because they are still uh, non-believers yes. of Christ. Yes. And also for the nations in Malaysia because there are many people yes. that don't know about Christ and they just um, need God to guide yes, them to lead to the right directions, Lord. Yes. And I also pray for the local churches in Malaysia yes. that they will 
um, put more effort to uh, educate more people to know about you, God, yes. so that your glory will be spread yes. out to the whole nations, Lord. Yes. And also pray for the um, the politics in Malaysia yes. that everything will be going well and yes. um, they'll do they'll do according to what is the God's plan yes. and everything will be um, have peace and stable. Yes. And I pray for um, for those who never been to Malaysia. I pray that you guys have a chance to visit Malaysia one day, and I pray that also the great news of God will be spread yes. out throughout all the world. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I think that was an invite, wasn't it, Lilia? That was an invite. <laughs> all right, Venang. <laughs> Hi, I'm Venang, and uh, I'll be praying for the kingdom to come in Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. It's a little rusty, so I'll try. <laughs> we, we won't know the difference, but Hank. Kính lạy Chúa là cha yêu thương nhân từ chúng con. Chúng con cảm tạ ơn Ngài vì tình yêu của Chúa Giêsu đã đến trên dân tộc Việt Nam. Chúa ơi, chúng con cầu nguyện cho vương quốc của Ngài, cho hội thánh của Ngài ở Việt Nam và uh, uh, cho những anh em bị bắt bớ uh, trong thời gian này. Xin Chúa Ngài tiếp sức cho họ và uh, tiếp tục ban tin, uh, tiếp tục uh, uh, cho họ uh, đầy dẫy uh, năng lực của Ngài để uh, nói về tình yêu của Chúa Giêsu cho dân tộc Việt Nam. Chúng con cảm ơn Chúa và chúng con cầu nguyện. Amen. Amen. Thank you. My name is Sebastian. I'm from Canada. Uh, I'm from the French-speaking part of Brunswick, so I'll be praying in French. Great. Seigneur Jésus, à toi sont la puissance, l'honneur, la gloire, la majesté et les louanges. Seigneur, nous voulons que ta gloire, ta renommée soit proclamée en toute langue. Et surtout, je prie pour mes frères, ceux qui parlent français, Seigneur. Je prie que ton peuple soit uni. Uh, que les, divis- les siècles de division entre anglais et français soient brisés et que dans ton église, il n'y ait, ait pas de cette division. Seigneur, je prie mm-hmm. que, yeah. que ce serait un signe uh, pour mm-hmm. toute la nation que, que tu es grand et, et que ta bonté dure à toujours, Seigneur, et que mm-hmm. plusieurs, que cette division et ceux, surtout au Québec, qui ne te connaissent pas, Seigneur, tellement 0,5% qui te connaissent, Seigneur, qu'ils, qu'ils viennent à te connaître et, te, et t'apporter de louanges en français. Mm. Amen. Amen. Baba katika jina la Yesu Kristo. Ninaongeza tena kushukuru muda kama huyu nimeupata asubuhi ya leo ili nipate kuombea inchi ya Kongo na Burundi. Wewe wakati uliumba ulimwengu uliumba inchi na mbingu na Kongo ilikuweko. Na Kongo uliijua tokea zamani Bwana wa Kongomani umewajua ili wataishi katika inchi ya Kongo. Ndipo kwa maana baba ninaomba kwanza damu ya Yesu ipate kuosha wakongomani wote. Yes. Maana kuna zambi nyingi zilitendeka mm-hmm. yes. katika nchi ya Kongo. Ndipo yes. kwa maana ninaomba damu yes. ya Yesu. Yes. Damu ya Yesu, damu yes. ya kutakasa na kuosha yes. ili ioshe katika nchi ya Kongo. 
ioshe wa kongomani ioshe wakaji wote wa Kongo ili ipate kukubaliwa tena saizi bwana bwana Yesu ninatia wa kongomani mikononi mwako usiache Kongo ili uwe kiwanja cha mapigano usiache Kongo ili aribike baba saidia wa kongomani ili waweke katika singa moja upate kuwapatanisha bwana Yesu kumbuka nchi ya Kongo maana yes. kuna kanisa lako lenye kuwa katika nchi ya Kongo maana kuna bibi harusi wako mwenye kuwa katika nchi ya Kongo bwana Yesu baba tunakonesha hata nchi ya Burundi Burundi ilikuwa ikiitwa kama ni nchi ya asali na maziwa lakini shetani hakufurahia ndipo kwa maana ameleta vurugu katika nchi ya Burundi baba badiri ukurasa ili nchi ya Burundi iitwe tena nchi ya asali na maziwa na yeko baba ninakiri damu ya Yesu kwa ajili ya nchi ya Burundi ninakiri damu ya Yesu kwa ajili ya waikaji wa Burundi bwana Yesu amani haiwezi kutoka kwenye vita lakini tunaomba amani kutoka kwako mbinguni ambaye amani ambayo umesema kwa wat, kwa mitume baba ndio amani ambayo tunahitaji kwa nchi ya Burundi na Kongo baba saidia Burundi saidia Kongo yes. baba tunakushukuru tunaomba ni katika uweza wa jina la Yesu amen amen thank you bahari If you hang out with her Congolese friends a prayer meeting will break out all the time okay so i'm just warning you all right hi ahead, my name robin. is robin. Right robin come right out mm-hmm. hi my name is robin i was born in south africa so i'm south african and i'm going to pray in english and in afrikaans right right mm-hmm. lord bless your church in south africa and canada May we see an outpouring of your holy spirit like yes. never before yes. where we see thousands of precious people saved yes. into your kingdom amen yes. amen Here is Sienyo Kerk in South Africa and Canada. Mag ons in uitstorten van die Heilige Gees soos nog nooit tevore waar ons sien duisende kostbare mense gered in jou Koninkryk. Amen. Amen. Great. Thank you, Josie. Mm-hmm. My name is Josie. I was born in Congo and raised in Rwanda and Congo, both country. So I'll be praying in Kenya Rwanda and I'll pray for Africa yes. and the whole nation. Yes. Thank you. Mhm. Mana turagushimye kandi tuguhaikiwa hiro kinshi. Tugushize hejuru ya majuru kukuri imana idukunda. Tuguhaikiwa hiro kukuri imana yacu. Tugendana mahoro numunezero kuko tugufite uri mwijuru. Urukundo rwawe nirwo ruduhesheje kuba hano uyu munsi. Gwaducishije muri byinshi uradukiza ari kwigikomeye kurusha byose waduhaye kumenya Kristo Yesu umwami wacu tugushyize hejuru kuko twese abavuga indimi zitandukanye mwami mwiza duhurira kuri Kristo Yesu niwe gakiza kacu niwe bugingo bwacu niwe kubaho ubuzima bwo mwisi ni burangira tuzajya mwijuru kubana n'Imana tukiri mwisi ndasenze muri iki gitondo ngo mwizi narya Yesu Umanuri imbaraga mwijuru uzisuke muri Afrika zizana mahoro mana kandi uwohereze abavuga ijambo ryawe mu bice byose bya Afrika reka umugambi mwiza wagize ubwo woherezaga Kristo mwisi kugira ngo twese tukumenye unyemerere muri kontina zose ziyisimana bamenye Yesu Kristo Mururu sengero Christ Center Church uhasuka imbaraga zao 
nubwenge bwawe numwuka wera nubushobozi bwose ubahesha kuvuga ijambo ryawe mwisi no muri Afrika no mu nasyo yose yo mwisi mwizina ryawe ryera Yesu dusenze amen amen thank you Josie Shirley finish it off all right mm-hmm. hi uh, my name is Shirley i can't actually speak my language so i'm going to speak in english that's fine <laughs> i will pray in english mm mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus, I thank you, Lord Jesus, yes. for your work and your power in India. Yes. I yes. pray, Jesus, especially mm-hmm. now as there's a new government in India, yes. I pray, Spirit of God, that you will not allow them to close the borders yes. Yes. for missionaries, for Christians yes. to go in and mm-hmm. preach your word. Yes. I pray, Jesus, for protection over the Christians and the missionaries, yes. the indigenous missionaries. Mm-hmm. I pray, Jesus, that you will protect them. Spirit of God, give them the power, give them the strength. Lord Jesus, as they go yes. out to share your name yes. and to share the word that you have given. Yes. Thank you, Jesus, for this church, and I yes. thank you, Jesus, for all the countries that are here. Yes. I pray, Jesus, that you will bless each country, each yes. nation, the ones that are not represented yes. on the stage even, yes. too. Yes. Yes. We worship you, Lord Jesus, yes. in your name. Amen. Amen. That's great. All right. Thank you so much, everyone. Well done. They were all very nervous to do that, and I thank them. I, that's just a great way to be able to uh, culminate everything that we're talking about this morning. Well, let's worship God together, and then we'll just give some direction here at the end. So, Joel and team, thank you. <laughs>